Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined in studio by Rhino. Now, summer is approaching fast, so don't forget to make a Mississippi vacation part of your summer plans. Go to visitmississippi.org to learn a little more. And today, we're diving into the story behind the documentary, In a Different Key, which debuted at the Oxford Film Festival and walked away named the best documentary. Documentary. So joining us today on Good Things is John Donban in a different key documentary, co-director and co-producer. Welcome, John. Thanks, Rebecca, so much. It's great to be talking with you. So after four years in the making, so I read, how does it feel to have in a different key documentary out and racking up awards? Uh, it's a wonderful, <laughs> really wonderful feeling. And um, because of COVID and the pandemic and everything else, um, we didn't get to see the movie in front of an, of an audience and on a big screen until Oxford. And um, so that that was a kind of a, a prize in itself, was was watching people watch the movie and watching them react to it, especially, you know, they were reacting in the places we hoped they would. And then we really, uh, my co-author Karen Zucker and I did not expect to win a prize, and we did. And so... We won the coveted Ronzo Award, and we're really happy with it. Well, I think once people realize or watch the trailer and then sort of understand the backstory to In a Different Key, they'll completely understand why it's award-winning worthy, if nothing else. So this film is actually about a mother, which is your co-director and co-producer, Karen, her journey to Mississippi to track down Donald Triplett. I think I said his last name right, a force in Mississippi. So to you, John, tell us Donald's significance to this film. So Donald, um, Donald's name appeared in 1943 in a medical journal. Not his last name, his just the, his last initial T. So he, it, it, there was a medical journal in 1943 that was describing a little boy named Donald T, and it was describing his behaviors, and uh, it was saying that his behaviors were had been misinterpreted before as maybe intellectual disability or schizophrenia. But no, this doctor who was writing about him said Donald and 10 other children had something else that had not been really recognized and described before, he said, and he called it autism. So this was the article that first described autism. And there were 11 children described, but the one that had the most information and the most vivid details and the one that was actually called case number one was this little boy, Donald T., and Karen and I wanted to find Donald T. We had kind of heard that he might still be in the world, and we took some time and we found him living at that time in his 70s in um, in Forest. And um, we we wanted to meet him, and so we as, because we're we're journalists. Karen and I worked for ABC News at the time, and I was a correspondent on television. She was the producer behind the scenes, and we wanted to meet him 
to potentially do a story about him or write a book about him or a magazine article. So the really interesting thing is we, we didn't want to just knock on his door out of the blue because he'd been living in privacy all this time. So we looked for a go-between, and I had a friend who worked for the Clarion Ledger newspaper, and I called him and asked him if he knew anybody in Forrest, and he mentioned um, a gentleman named Sid Salter, who was then publisher of the Forest of the Scott County Times newspaper. So Karen and I called Sid Salter. We introduced ourselves, and we said, we, we're really interested in meeting Donald Triplett. Do you know him? And he said, yes, everybody in town knows him. And we said, well, we'd like to introduce him, perhaps to report on him. And the first hint we got of what we were in store for was Sid said, let me think about it, because if you guys from out of town hurt him in any way, there's going to be consequences for you. So I have to think about whether I trust you or not. <laughs> so in the end, he did introduce us to Donald, and Donald trusted us, and we became friends, and we've known him now since 2007. But the attitude that Sid shared, which is if you mess with him in any way, there'll be consequences, was the beginning of Karen and I understanding that Donald was really, really extraordinarily embraced and accepted and protected and valued and cherished by his community, uh, not despite the fact that he had the differences of autism, maybe even because of it. And we ended up writing a book that featured Donald, but also pointed out that Donald's case was really exceptional, that for he was the first case of diagnosed autism, we can put it that way. But then over the next seven decades, many more people were diagnosed, and for decades they were treated really badly by society, by their communities, even by the medical profession. You're right, John, and when they watch the trailer of In a Different Key, it starts out with this sort of warm, small-town field. You get to see Donald now, you know, I guess at the age of probably 70 or or, or going closer to 80, which I think he is now, and you think you have these happy and warm thoughts, and then quickly the trailer turns to maybe a darker uh, scenario or, you know, um, conversation around autism, because not everyone born in the 1930s that maybe had the same type of differences, in quotes, as Donald was treated a sort of the same. Um, but I'm curious with your co-author, Karen, this was a personal sort of uh, journey for her. You two are both journalists, and you took a very journalistic approach to In a Different Key. Um, but but is it true that maybe this the quest started for her because she was trying to answer the question that many parents of autistic children have, which is, what will happen to my child after I'm gone? It sounds like you've had this conversation before with a lot of parents because that's exactly exactly the question. Um, Some of the kids, you know, there are people who are now diagnosed with autism who are very capable of independence, but many, many are not, depending on the kind of autism they have and the degree of autism. And Karen's son is one of those who is not, even though he's very intelligent and he's very chatty, um, he's very clever in a lot of ways. Um, he's also very naive about the world. He doesn't. He, he he's just not connected to sort of the larger system of society and how it works. So things like driving a car are are be, you know he can work a computer like nobody, but driving a car is something he can't do. And he's had great difficulty in holding a job and knowing that it matters that he shows up to work at, every day and that he keeps his his mind on the task. And also if somebody were to knock at his door and and ask him for all of his money, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where 
you know, uh, right now he's in an environment where that would never happen. But if he didn't have that kind of environment, he could really be taken advantage of. And so, yeah, Rebecca, you're completely right. It, the, Karen got on this journey to find out, knowing that her son was going to be vulnerable for the rest of his life, to explore, well, what has society been like? For You know, what's, what's that world going to be like for my son? What has it been like? And what can be good and what can be bad and what can be fixed? And so that's the journey that she went on. And we started with Forrest not knowing that it would be like the ideal situation, but it was. And so now in the film, Forrest kind of stands as an example of how it should be and how it can be when people in a community just you know, have the back of the of the guy who's different. Well, I love that. And I also appreciate the fact that you and Karen took sort of a journalistic approach to In a Different Key. Were there certain things you wanted to make sure with that, like, mindset or journal journalistic hat on that you would, you know, keep in terms of boundaries and then maybe a direction you wanted to make sure the movie didn't go in? Yeah, we... we that's another good question, because there were many, many choices we had to make along the way, and a lot of terms, journalism with the best intentions has gotten it wrong. So um, there's, there's a sort of tendency to feel pity, perhaps, towards a person on the spectrum, and that's just not necessary. There's also kind of a tendency sometimes to feel, to treat somebody on the spectrum with a kind of fascination, which, again, might be well-intentioned, but it's, it's really not respecting who the person is, so... You know, the movie Rain Man was the story of an autistic man who, who had an amazing ability to count, uh, to count. And so, in that movie, people took advantage of him by asking him to sort of perform tricks. They they kind of turned him into a circus act. And we were determined not to do that with anybody in the film, even if they have those kinds of gifts. You know, Donald, for example, does have great counting ability and calculation ability. But we didn't ask him in the movie to do calculations on camera, that kind of thing. People talked about how he has that skill, but we didn't want to make a display of him. We really, you know, he's he's just a guy, and he gets to do that. But um, unless he unless he himself said, "Hey, I'd like to do this," um, we're, we were not going to ask him to do it. So it's to really what we really wanted to be careful about journalistically was to to to, to make the point that people on the spectrum are just people who are on the spectrum, but they're people. And they're not so dramatically any different from the rest of us than the rest of us are different from one another. Well, I read, too, and I think in the first uh, uh, piece that you and Karen put out, which is in The Atlantic, coming from his family's, um, I guess, talk of his history, was that Donald actually did get asked to maybe go on the road to be kind of a side gig to um, someone back in the early 30s or 40s. But just like Sid, they said, no, thank you, not here. We you know, we take care of our own and, and recognize when someone's trying to not have the best interest at heart, which you guys definitely have the best interest of the autism community's heart with this movie in a different key. We're going to continue next here on Good Things with co-producer and co-director John Donvan. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 82. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 58. Your Tuesday, partly sunny, high near 85. Tuesday evening, mostly cloudy, low around 65. And for your Wednesday, a 40% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 84. 
This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. Are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an x This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales and Service. And if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special XMark pricing and special XMark financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days. That's five months before your first payment and still 0% interest. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to own the mower that landscape professionals purchase two to one over the next best-selling brand. So stop by Frederick Sales and Service on Old Highway 471 in Brandon and let me or one of my experienced staff help you find the Exmark mower that best suits your needs. At Frederick's, we are the Exmark experts. 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary Exmark quality. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving Central Mississippi since 1993. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer. Family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No Drip Roofing and Construction. 601-371-1051. Pilium Corporation is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Protect and grow your business with Pilium. By improving business practices with technology-driven solutions, Pilium solves problems and creates new opportunities for your company. Learn more at Pilium.com. I'm Dr. Micah Walker, founding physician at NewCareMD. We provide concierge medicine that everyone can afford. We do this by eliminating middlemen and restoring focus on the patient-physician relationship. For a low monthly fee, less than the average cost of a cell phone, you get access to unlimited clinic visits, wholesale medications and labs, and even telehealth. It doesn't take an act of Congress to get affordable health care. Learn more about health care the way it should be at NewCareMD.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Where Mississippi comes to talk. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a morning time yeah. We're going strong, headed up down the river. Good things to do in our state. You can plan your very own one-of-a-kind Mississippi trip over at visitmississippi.org. We're continuing our conversation with co-author and or co-author, I guess, co-producer as well as co-director of now the award-winning documentary In a Different Key, which features Donald Triplett of Forest, Mississippi. He was the first person ever to be diagnosed with um, autism. And John, I was listening to you earlier. You were talking about he was case number one. His doctor was Dr. Leo Canner, and he had the most descriptive, I guess, description of maybe his um, 
his uniqueness or his differences. Is it true that that came from his dad who took detailed notes and provided the doctors with just, you know, a, a wealth of information about what they noticed in their son? Yeah, it's really an interesting thing that um, um, his, his dad was a, a lawyer. His father was a, uh, the mayor of uh, Forrest, and then he grew up. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up with somebody else. Forget the mayor part. Anyway, his dad was a lawyer. He had gone to uh, Yale Law School, and then he'd come back home and set up a practice and married um, his mom, Mary McCravey. And the McCraveys owned the Bank of Forest in town. So they were a very like, well-educated and, and prosperous family. And Donald's born in 1933, and at first everything seems typical as expected, but they began to notice that his behaviors are kind of different in a whole variety of ways, and they get concerned about it. And Donald's father observed him and wrote this very, very detailed letter. It was typewritten, 33 pages long, and sent it to um, Dr. Connor in um, in Baltimore. And Dr. Connor ended up thinking that the father's, that the dad's description, his dad's name was Demon Triplet, was so good that he quoted it in his 1943 article describing Donald extensively. And this is just something you know if you follow the history of the, of, uh, the diagnosis, but that description that his dad did would, would, would travel the world. It would be quoted again and again and again. It was kind of the foundational graphic illustration of autism comes from a father who was not a doctor and, you know, kind of an amateur. He was a lawyer, but he um, had paid very, very close attention to his son, and he wrote a really effective description of him. Now, I don't want to get it wrong, because In a Different Key isn't just about Donald Triplett from here from Mississippi. It also has a lot of other people who are on the forefront of, you know, um, advocating for their children, trying to get autism rights uh, within schools, everywhere from um, moms like Ruth Sullivan, I think. And I would love for you, John, to explain the terminology used. Uh, refrigerator mother, I've heard helicopter mom, I've heard a lot of other other things that moms can be referred to, but never a refrigerator mom. So what does that mean? So one of the things we cover in the book is that over the years, psychiatry had some very, very bad ideas, wrong ideas about what the source of autism was. And the idea that took place in the late 1940s for about the next 35 years was that autism in children was a result of their mother's not showing them sufficient love and warmth. The idea was that they were cold towards their children and as a what used to be called a defensive reaction or a defense mechanism, the child withdrew into their own world and, and cut themselves off from outside in terms of communication and language and, and just attachment to people, which in itself is an exaggeration and a caricature of what autism is. But they because they were blaming this on the mother's coldness, this idea took hold that the mother was causing autism and that the term that was applied to it was the refrigerator mom because they were cold. And it was, a, it was just such a damage. It, it sounds like a very crazy idea, but it was absolutely the mainstream thinking for about 35 years. If you go back in time, even if you go to an old library now and happen to find a book from the 1960s about autism, it will be telling you that it was the mother who was doing this. And worse than that is that it meant that there was no attention given to really helping the children because the psychiatry thought, well, the problem here is the mother, 
So we need to focus on changing something about the mother. So the mother needs to go into therapy, into psychotherapy, so that she can become a better mother. And lots and lots of women put themselves through this, trying to discover what was wrong with themselves that they made their children do this. And it, it, it really went on for a very, very long time. And that's only one of the many misconceptions and myths that still, you know, I hope that doesn't linger anymore with those living with autism or having family members who do. But there are many, many more and still a lot of questions, you know, that haven't been um, answered, which I know you all cover, too, in the documentary in a different key, John. But I love some of the positive aspects of, of the documentary or its mission. And I also love the term neurodiversity. So where did that one come from? Neurodiversity is actually a term coined by autistic people about the concept of of what it means to be autistic. And so, you know, what I was describing before was psychiatry looked at autism as something is broken. And neurodiversity is the idea that not that somebody with autism is broken, but that somebody with autism is just a different variant of of being a different way of having brain wiring. And um, the idea initially really was proposed by people who are on the spectrum themselves, writing about it and putting forth that idea. And and it, it was a pushback against the, the prevalent idea that um, people with autism needed to be not autistic. They needed to be fixed. They needed to stop acting in an autistic way. And for some time, that was kind of the ruling idea, again, among psychiatry and psychologists, was to dramatically change the behavior of autistic people. And there's a sort of middle ground there, I think, where there are ways that autistic people could, can some autistic people can use help by having, you know, a kind of education um, that that maybe will address the fact that they, they, they do suffer in some ways, they, they suffer through... Uh, different kinds of pain. Um, some people with autism are self-injurious. They bang their heads. And any effort to sort of curb or stop that makes total sense. But people, the idea of neurodiversity is that you don't want to, you don't need to be curing autism. You need to be supporting autistic people. But you, you don't need to be saying we, that autism, you know, terms that don't really you know, aren't really appropriate anymore. So when people say autism is a disease, or which which you used to hear people saying, uh, and it's it's just technically not correct either. Um, and so, neurodiversity is the idea that um, it's okay to be autistic, and but an autistic person might need more help in certain areas, and the rest of us should be chipping in and giving that help. John, with after so much progress in the world of autism, why does everyone, regardless if if they have an autistic loved one or not in their circle, need to better understand the story of autism and maybe by by, um, way of watching in a different key? Thanks for asking that question. And I want to point out, if people want to see the trailer, they, they can go to the website, like, you know, right after the show. Uh, it's called inadifferentkeythemovie.com, and you can see the trailer and get a look at it. And the reason we think that the, it's important to tell this story is that this was the lot, there are a lot of people who are going to be diagnosed on the spectrum, especially as it's defined now. It's about 1% of the population globally in the United States. That's going to be 3 million people plus their families, plus the people they work with and live with. Um, and those people need understanding for who they are as they are. And, and the history shows that sometimes we've been really, really bad 
at doing that kind of understanding, and that as a result of that, people on the spectrum have been treated very often badly. They've been shunned. They've been neglected. They've been exploited. And we want to we want to say to the general population, don't don't be part of that problem. You know, and and that's why we 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 say look at Forest, Mississippi. Without even working at it, the people in Forest just grew up. You know, there's a generation of people who grew up knowing Donald. They're all now in their 80s. They love him. They respect him. And it was a piece of cake for them to just be a model for how easy it can be to have the backs of somebody who is different. So the the book and the movie are trying to say it's easy to get it wrong, but it's maybe even easier to get it right. And you can just look at Mississippi for that. And I think that's such a good thing. Now, I know Donald got to watch the film with you guys there in Oxford, John. Did he give you an honest review? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Donald is really obvious, honest about everything. Um, he, he he doesn't have a filter in that way, and he really liked it. So we we were very happy with that. And if he, if he wasn't, he would have told us. So, yeah, we're really <laughs> pleased about that. You should be. And I know I also saw on your website, In a Different Key, that there may be some virtual um, opportunities to screen it. So please share with that or how people can um, learn more about the work you guys are doing. Yeah, right now, um, I believe today might be the last day of the virtual Oxford Film Festival, but there's another one taking part in New York starting next week called Real Abilities. And if you, again, go to our website in a different key, themovie.com, um, there's information, it leads to information there on how to get a ticket to that virtual festival, which starts on April 29th. Well, John, if you and Karen ever come back to Mississippi, we're only spitting distance from Forrest and Donald, so you'll have to come see us here in the Good Things studio. Karen and I have fallen in love with Mississippi. There's no question about it. Well, you you have a seat at our, at our table anytime you're in town. So I thank okay. you for your time today, John. Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye-bye. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. We think diamond prices in most jewelry stores are downright scary. That's why at Junikers, we're doing something about it. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, May 6th, 7th, and 8th, you can buy directly from the Diamond Cutter. It's the Diamond Expo at Juniker Jewelry Company. Our Diamond Cutter is flying in with millions in certified diamonds. Fresh production, every size, shape, and price range. It's the Diamond Expo. Three-quarter carat diamonds for less than $1,650. One carats for under $2,000. And two carat diamonds for only $5,500. Plus, qualified buyers get up to 12 months financing. Interest free. Guys, this is how you buy a diamond. The Diamond Expo. Save hundreds, even thousands directly from our cutters. Three days only. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, May 6th, 7th, and 8th. Don't you dare miss it. I'll be here to shake your hand. Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. G3 Services is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. 
Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Right now, we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range. Join now and get your first month free. While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing, to custom rifle builds. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful, from trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. Our farmer's market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm-fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is, Callaway's is, everything for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Rogers Dab Service Parts and Quick Lube are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Crossgates Brandon or RogersDabs.com. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Municipal primary runoff elections are set for tomorrow in several cities and towns across the state. In Moss Point, State Representative Jeremy Anderson is facing Billy Knight in the Democratic runoff for mayor. The winner there will face Republican Richard McBridge and Independent Howard Bailey in June. And Poplarville, Lewis Smith and Laura Holiday are in the Republican runoff to decide who will be the next mayor. Whoever wins the mayoral runoff in Ocean Springs will become the mayor-elect. Melanie Allen and Kenny Holloway are in that race. Volunteers are still searching off Louisiana's coast for seven remaining crew members from the Seacor Power lift boat at capsized nearly two weeks ago during a storm. Sunday, three hard hats and eight life jackets were discovered. Nineteen men were aboard the vessel, six were rescued, and six were found deceased. I'm Kelly Bennett. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. Is your business or home protected from power outages? Hurricanes cause widespread outages with some lasting days and even weeks. Don't wait for a hurricane to hit. Prepare today with a standby residential or commercial generator from Taylor Power Systems. Give yourself an advantage over power outages with a Taylor Power standby generator. Give us a call today at 601-922-4444. Visit Ridgeland presents the Art, Wine, and Wheels Weekend, April 30th through May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. Events include Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, and a Friday night, April 30th kickoff party. Visit ArtWineAndWheels.com. Follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Weekdays at 10 on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. 
Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Super Talk Mississippi News. Your news all the time. On air and online. Super Talk Mississippi News. At supertalk.fm. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi has so many good places for you and your family to eat, stay, and play. Go to visitmississippi.org to explore more. Hope you know you can listen to good things and watch it over at supertalk.fm and the Supertalk Mississippi app, which has been restored, refreshed, refurbished, however you want to say it, and it's up and running well. So if you've had trouble with that in the past, don't you worry. It has been fixed. The bugs have been fixed. If you haven't ever downloaded your Super Talk Mississippi app, today would be a good day to do that. But the best way to listen to the show each day is always on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station where you can get us anywhere across the state. But if you would like to watch us, there's a ton of content from Super Talk Mississippi on your YouTube, on our new YouTube channel. So if you are on YouTube and you go there often to maybe learn how to bake a cake or change a tire or just catch some small clips of funny video, then add Super Talk to your subscribed list. So you can just go to YouTube, YouTube, the YouTube, <laughs> the YouTubes and just put in Super Talk. It'll Come up, hit subscribe, and then you will um, get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and, of course, the good things that happen in our state. And I can't stop thinking about the story of Donald T. and In a Different Key and what a good thing that is for our state and for Forest, Mississippi. And over on the um, C Spire text line, we had Stanley in Lafayette to text in and say, I was raised with Don, and he is one of the smartest, nicest people that I've ever known. He was a photographic, he has a photographic memory, and everybody loved him. And I just think that story goes to show that some people never leave their hometowns because they take care of them here in Mississippi. And it is proof that sometimes it does take a village to make it all work, which I think our small towns have sort of understood that from just the beginning of time. We take care of our own and we protect our own. And I think that's a really cool thing, which led to us talking about our hometowns over on the Good Things Facebook group, which, again, we would love to have you there. We have a lot of fun uh, all throughout the day and even on the weekends. So if you are on the Book of Faces, just type in Good Things With. Rebecca Turner pops up. Click join. And you'll see the question today is asking how far away do you live from the place you were born? Now, like many of you, you take it literally. And I'm getting the address to the hospital in which your mother gave birth to you. And that's cool. You can tell me the distance from where you are now to where that hospital was. But I was thinking more in terms of maybe your hometown. Where where did your parents bring you home after they left that hospital uh hospital stay of where you were actually birthed and the place that you called home from the beginning or where you would claim to be your um, hometown. And the cool part is in our Facebook group, we've got people not just in Mississippi, but from all over that take part of the positive vibes that we we spread there. So C 
seeing some of the answers has, has been kind of neat. But you can tell us how far away do you live from the place you were born on the text line, 601-879-4395. And I thought this was a neat question because for many of us here in Mississippi, I would say that we all live in air quotes spitting distance from our hometown, whether we're still in our hometown, we live right around the corner from our hometown, and we could define spitting distance with, you know, within an hour from your hometown, or you could even Depends really say, spitting. Spends on what you're spitting, I know. It, it's, it's just, you know, a turn of phrase. Or you could even you get say, a watermelon seed, you get the right <laughs> arc on it, you can get it a pretty good you distance. You get a pretty good distance. Uh, and, you know, that's relative to the, you know, whatever you're talking about. But I would even go so far to say if you just still live in the state of Mississippi, that's pretty much spitting distance from your hometown. I mean, you can get from the top to the bottom of the state, you know, in a half day's drive. So that pretty much covers, you know, everywhere else. But you may not look at it that way because different parts of the state definitely have their own cultures and sort of personalities. So if you were raised in the Delta and you live now on the Gulf Coast, you probably think, yes, Mississippi's still home, but that's not like my hometown because they're two totally different ways of life, so to speak. But so for Rhino, how do you know how far you are from your hometown? It's not right at, but it's just about 200 miles. See, it's so interesting. I, I am totally in spitting distance. I'm less than 20, 20, 30 minutes away, depending on how fast I want to get there from just about um, anywhere. So I consider myself still... In the, in the metro area is considered home uh, for me. But I knew the mileage from my parents' home in Terry, Mississippi, to my dorm room at the University of Southern Miss, and it was exactly 88 miles. I don't know why I know that, but I was 88 miles from home, which I never was. In spitting distance, I really wasn't that far away from some of you who, who go off for higher education much further away. But yeah, that was that would be the furthest that I've ever lived from home. If you're just absolutely opposed to the phrase spitting distance, you can use a stone's throw. A stone's throw. <laughs> I never thought of anyone being offended by hearing the word spitting so much in one day. This is the South. This is the South. Or stone's throw, if that makes you feel better about not projecting bodily fluids in the midst of a global pandemic, you know? I didn't even think about the irony there in which we were <laughs> we were covering this topic here on Good Things. But you get it. Just how close are you? The other part that I find interesting when you ask someone a question like this, how far away do you live from anywhere? You get few answers a couple of different answers you either get miles hours or directions yes which is so funny to me amanda says i'm three hours and 20 minutes andrew i'm 16.5 miles lauren says i'm 15 minutes and it's just weird how some people choose to um choose to describe it but denise says i live 112 miles away from cleveland mississippi and this mississippi girl never dreamed of the places that she would go get to travel and maybe live but she always calls mississippi home and so she would rather visit other places than leave her i guess main address from here in mississippi because family will always be always be number one, which I think that's pretty cool. I think the furthest we have found is 3,500 miles. So someone is living abroad. But I would think even abroad. Can you get abroad in 3,000 miles? I would think that you would need, I think that would be further. I guess it depends on which way you go. It depends on where they are abroad. 
I mean, I know 3,000 miles is a long way, but not when you think about going to certain places of like Texas or wherever else, maybe like 1,000 miles away. Well, I mean, the, the Earth is 24, 25,000 miles around, so. Huh, really? Yeah. I mean, that sounds 3, big. 3,000 ways, but it ain't even halfway. That's true. So, I mean, yeah, so I need to, I would need to, I will ask her where abroad is, because I guess that could be relative to what you think abroad would be. I just don't feel like 3,000 miles is abroad. I would, I would guess 10, 20,000. I don't know. I will I will investigate with her and find out where abroad. I would wager it would be to tough to go three thousand miles in a straight line in any direction from anywhere in the US and not be outside the US. Really? So from like three thousand miles is a ways. <laughs> I don't I mean, well that just goes to like in my in my mind, I don't know what I don't know what should be a lot, right? Like you don't you don't understand what a lot is. If you don't understand... Yeah, I just distance. had to Google it real quick. But the United States is 2,800 miles wide. And that's that's at its widest. 2,000 so, miles So you'd wide. have to do a diagonal to stay within 3,000 miles. Okay, so she does live abroad. So 3,000 miles will get you abroad. Either any direction you go. You may be abroad in the middle of the ocean. You may be... <laughs> but you're going to be abroad. Okay. Look, hey, look, you learn something new every time you tune into good things. I, 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 and geography was not my cup of tea in, um, in school. Josh from Dennis says, 27 years later, I bought a house five miles from where I grew up. And Paul M. Meridian says, one of my closest friends just moved from Isola, Mississippi to somewhere, I guess, is that Arkansas? AK? Arkansas, is that state? 3,552 miles. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> I don't know my maps. That's not, there is, we've got Surrey and Google Maps and all that for that. Yeah, I would never make it on a road trip by myself without good Wi-Fi. 2,000 miles away, born in California, um, Keith and Vaden says. And Bill says that 40 point. Two one nine miles as the crow flies. That is some good math. Get it you precise. know, you know, to your hometown's front porch. If you're just tuning in with us, we're just trying to figure out how close do you live to your hometown. For many of us who are born, raised, rooted right here in Mississippi, you probably aren't very far from the place you first called home. And that's just some sometimes what Mississippi does to us. It gets in our blood and we just don't ever leave. On the Facebook group, uh, Donna is at 4,510 miles and I can't, I want to say it was Ray. I can't find it while scrolling but somebody said they were in Okinawa for a year and they would be the winner at 6,782 miles. See, that just does, I feel like it should be further than that. I don't know, maybe I didn't, I don't, (laughs) maybe I feel like a mile's longer than it actually is. I don't know. Sean, though, and Brandon, I am 9,000 seconds from where I, (laughs) from where I grew up. You can share us your distance to your hometown, and we'll cover that more coming up next.
For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated, and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops, or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size, and installed. Picture frame glass, table and desktops, insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts and doors, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass, they'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations, too, in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at www.venableglass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services, 601-605-4443. The all-new Ace Bolt and Screw is open with new extended hours in Gluckstadt to serve you for not only all of your faster and power tool needs, but we can now take care of much more. Now open on weekends to be there for you when you need supplies for all your projects. From fertilizer to landscape timbers and pine straw to Spartan mosquito eradicators, we've got you covered. Ace Bolt and Screw of Gluckstadt, now open with extended and weekend hours. Come see us. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. This is the closing agar market report. At the close of the cotton exchange, July cotton was up 42 to 89.22. October cotton was up 41 to 86.79. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up 23 and a quarter to 15.39 and a quarter per bushel. August soybeans were up 21 and a half to 14.89 per bushel. July corn was up 25 cents to 657 and a half per bushel. September corn was up 17 and a quarter to 593 per bushel. At the mercantile, June live cattle was up 55 to 116.27. August live cattle was up 110 to 117.95. August feeders up 40 to 150.30. September feeders up 22 to 152.27. And at this hour, Dow Jones is down 23 points, 34,021. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Due to the coronavirus, everyone has been asked to practice safe distancing from each other. The propane industry has been classified as essential workers, so we will continue to service our customers. In most cases, only essential work is being performed, such as gas deliveries. For the safety of our workers, we are asking you to check your propane gauges and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reads 30%. Rules and regulations require the propane professional to leak test your system and put your propane appliances back into service. The only way this can be done is for our employees to enter your home. With the coronavirus, it is not safe to have outside people entering your home, and currently our employees do not feel comfortable entering homes. A time could come when we are not allowed to enter homes, so please check your tank and call your propane supplier when your tank gauge reaches 30%. From all the members of the Mississippi Propane Gas Association, stay safe and God bless. 
talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. planning a Mississippi getaway, you can do it easily today over at visitmississippi.org. You can also just get about every Super Talk Mississippi show on your favorite podcast app. So that's all of us. The Gallo Show, the JT Show, Good Things Sports Talk, along with many other of your favorites. And you can just go to where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you listen to them and search Super Talk and then hit the subscribe button. If you are listening to Good Things via podcast, thank you. We appreciate you and also that five-star review at the end. Appreciate that. (laughs) I also appreciate all of you chiming in on the text line as well as the Good Things Facebook group about how far you live from your hometown. And you never know what you're going to learn when you tune into good things. And I have learned two things already today. Number one, AK stands for Alaska, not for Arizona. Or Arkansas. Arizona's AZ. AZ, okay. We told you, geography, not not what I went to school for, or my higher education is not in that. And then two, that they're, that miles are not as long as you think they are, that you can be living abroad in less than 3,000 miles here in the United States. And so if you ever get a trivia question that asks, how many miles Two between or whatever, go low. It's slower than you think it's going to be. <laughs> because, yeah, I, mean, I think it's only 5,000 miles someone mentioned. It's around 5,082 miles from Key West to Alaska. So I don't know. In my mind, I get it. 5,000 miles is a long way. But then it doesn't feel like maybe that should, it should be, it should be more than that. But anywho, We're not talking about that. We're discussing how far you are from your hometown. And I got tickled on who said I am 615 feet from where I was born and raised. So some of you have really never left home. Maybe you just live right around the corner or within the same, you know, zip code or area code. Right down the road. Right down the road. Right around the block. Again, a stone's throw here today could easily be same town, same sort of central area here for us, centrally located. We call it the metro. It encompasses a lot of just different communities with sort of the capital city being the hub of it. But yet you would still feel like you didn't really move far away. The farthest I've ever lived from home, again, was 88 miles from my parents' front door to the dorm there at uh, Southern Miss in in Hattiesburg. I've always lived somewhere sort of within there. Others of you, you're far away. Mississippi is your second home, so wherever you came from, you're hundreds if not thousands of miles away from home. Or maybe you're tuning in or chiming in, dreaming of being back here, and life has taken you away from home. And maybe you're you're several states away or in a different country altogether. We appreciate everyone who tunes in to good things. And Tim and Corinth says from West Monroe, Louisiana, I resentfully settled down in <laughs> Burnsville, Mississippi, 367 miles away, but lived in Iraq for two tours, and that's 6,500 plus miles. Again, 6,000 6, miles don't feel 
Yeah, it was Ray. It was Ray on Facebook that uh, lived in Okinawa, Japan for a year, which comes out to over 6,700 miles. And uh, he chimed in again and said it was for the Marines. It was for the Marines. Well, we totally appreciate you all who choose to live that far away from home for, for your service. But hopefully you got to come on back a little closer, a little closer to home. You'll find other things fun over on the Good Things Facebook group. Like yesterday really was the perfect day to post the saying or the scene out of Miss Congeniality. If you didn't catch it, yesterday was April 25th, and the most beloved character on that What would you say is your perfect date? And many of us would go for maybe a romantic date, but she went straight to April the 25th. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. And I'd have to say that weather has sort of rolled into april the 26th with us today and it really does feel like the perfect weather or the perfect date for sure now i don't want to ruin i wouldn't spoil anything but speaking of movies i feel very in with the times that i caught this before anybody else may have seen it or like with the opening weekend i did see mortal Kombat this weekend i think Just the first. i'm it. not going to say i'm not all i'm going to say is this better than the original? <laughs> and you can't get much worse than that, which we have gone down the rabbit hole here on Good Things plenty of times talking about whether sequels are better than the first and all the things. But it is one of those. If you played it as a child, which me and my husband both did as a kid, you just start bringing back all the memories of the characters and all the sort of things. So I highly recommend it if that was your thing at one time or another. Have you caught a, a recent movie? No, but I was kind of chuckling looking at the box office for the weekend because it's like, wait, what What year is it? Mortal Kombat's number one? Oh, wait, number two is an anime called Demon Slayer. We got a video game from 30 years ago in Japanese animation. Wow. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Well, I won't tell you how it ends. I'll just tell you two thumbs up. <laughs> Take some time to watch it and stick with us. You've got more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Verano and I will be back tomorrow at 2. Until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.